This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Well, well, well. Welcome into the program and you get you get groundbreaking advice from the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. While it may not sound like it at the time, uh our advice pretty solid sometimes. Just trust the process. <laughs> All those people, all those people who are talking, oh, Travis Etienne, you got to take him before James Robinson in your fantasy football drafts. No. No, uh -uh. uh-uh. No, you don't. We tried to tell you James Robinson was the one to have for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and now the news has come out. Travis Etienne's going to miss the season. He's got a list frank injury, and they had it reviewed, and he needs surgery. His focus is on 2022. And now... James Robinson is owned in a lot of leagues by this guy and this guy. Uh, I think I said I think I have a fifty percent share on him. I think I was overstating it when I said uh, before the program started today that they, I had a sixty percent share in James Robinson. It's half of my leagues. Uh, I'm not looking at best ball because I don't want to take that long. <laughs> Your hundred leagues that you're in in redraft. I'm batting a thousand on James Robinson. I am batting one. Thousand percent, just got him everywhere. Everywhere, nice, good for you. And you never want to see a guy get hurt ever. I'm gonna be honest with you, and there's no happiness in us about Travis Etienne. No, it's horrible. This is fantasy football 101. When you have a job that's split this much, you've got to have the other guy. Mm -hmm. This was one of those jobs, and I'm gonna be honest with you. The bigger takeaway from this on me. I have never been so right about anything in my life as I am about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because it's awful. If that team wins a game, I will be shocked. <laughs> uh, that first team offense is god awful. They have that been or Jameis Winston channeled something deep within him, and all of a sudden became the quarterback we all thought he was going to be eight years ago. I think James Jameis Winston has always been a high-level quarterback in this league. The problem is he's always been a high-level turner over of the ball. Well, he lived by no risk it, no biscuit. And exactly. last night, he was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. He looked very, very good in that preseason game. We'll get into all of it here in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Of course, heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And as always, we are live in the Ingalls studio and uh, the first hour of the program. Brought to you by Ingles. Low prices. Love the savings. Not only did we have the the uh, breaking news about Travis Etienne missing the rest of the year, or likely missing the rest of the year, um, the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 announcing today their official alignment. That's not really official. It's you know we don't need we don't need a contract. Uh, and I thought it was hilarious that Jim Phillips, the new commissioner of the ACC was asked, well, Jim, I mean, 
don't you kind of need everybody's signature on this to make this a binding contract? Everybody's going to think that this is you know a, a deal that anybody can pull out of at any time. No, no, no. The fact that we don't have signatures on paper shows the trust that exists between the three organizations. I don't think it does. I really don't think it does. I would feel much better about this trusting relationship if everybody could put their name on the paper. Here's the question. Why do you need to... The, so we we've heard about this the alliance. It, it, I've literally started to feel like we're talking about professional wrestling, right? It's like the NWO of college football has shown up, and you, you don't. You, would you like a representation of what they said? Well, we're going to do some stuff, yeah, but we can't really tell you what that stuff is. I just watched that entire press conference and went, uh, "What did I? What did I just watch?" There were uh, again, there were no specifics. We got about as much out of the press conference as we did of the rumored report from last week that there will be some type of a scheduling agreement, arrangement, alignment, whatever you want to call it, between the three conferences. But they're not going to be adding games to the schedules. Um, this is more just, you know, when it comes around, it comes time to make up those schedules. We'll, we'll look at playing each other. Wow. Fantastic. It's going to give you some great matchups in men's and women's basketball, which we already have with the ACC big 10 challenge. Now the PAC 12 gets thrown into that mix as well. So yeah, there's going to be some great basketball matchups from the PAC. 12 and the best basketball program in that conference is oregon this was the definition of your parents put a a a box with a picture on a bike of it outside the christmas tree you stared at it for weeks yeah and you opened it and it was a very large sweater (laughs) with a whole bunch of socks no, bike. no, no. What this was was this was the box with the picture of the bike on it, but you got the handlebars. And then next Christmas you're going to get the frame, and then the next Christmas after that you'll get the wheels, and you will just build it piece by piece because that's exactly what they did. Was we're going to give you this, so there's an agreement. Just so you know, look, we don't have a timetable for when we're going to be able to institute whatever it is that we're going to be instituting, um, but we're making a plan. It's a lot like how government works. I was, I've wanted to make four political jokes since we started this. We're going to make a plan to make a plan so we can implement the plan. You see what I'm saying? We have the best plans. Nobody has better plans than us. And we in the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 are just really looking forward to this collaboration over the next, you know, three weeks until somebody breaches the plan because there are no... There's no signed paperwork. I'm not really worried about the paperwork, but I do think it's funny that when they were asked about it, they were like, no, 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 this shows the trust between our three organizations that we don't need, you know, signatures on a paper. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to look forward to it. Uh, but they did say that they're not, again, backing up what was said Last week, they're not going to be ripping up any contracts, current contracts that they have with schools. Plus, 
the Football Scheduling Alliance, this is from the uh, verbatim from the press release that they put out, the Football Scheduling Alliance will feature additional attractive matchups across the three conferences while continuing to honor historic rivalries and the best traditions of college football. So that means, you know, good old clean fashion hate between Georgia and Georgia Tech will probably still remain. You'll still have the Palmetto Bowl between Clemson and South Carolina. You're going to have, uh, what are, what are the other crossovers? You got Louisville and Kentucky. So the SEC agreements apparently are still going to mm-hmm. stand. See, I thought that was going to be the one thing that one groundbreaking thing that could come out of this is we're just all going to shut out the SEC. Screw those guys. They want to create a super conference, but that's not what's, that's not what's going to happen. They're going to keep the traditional rivalries and then pack on these Pac-12, Big Ten, ACC challenge games to and fro throughout the schedule over the years. What does it really benefit? Oh, it benefits one thing. Mm -hmm. They control the vote. Bingo. That's it. Mm -hmm. Nothing else. And I wish they had just said that. Like, we have now come together. We are unilaterally voting. Just understand, what's going to be good for the goose is going to be good for this gander. Yes. The SEC can do whatever it wants to do. We now have the votes. There was a Seinfeld episode about this. Okay. When they were kicking Jerry's dad out as the, the head of the, the, the uh, HOA president in their little retirement community on Seinfeld. Okay. I have the votes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what it all comes down to is being able to line yourselves in a block. And now the SEC cannot have control over the process, whatever that ends up being. It has, they were asked, several, all three commissioners, uh, George Klyakov, um, Jim Phillips, and Kevin Warren were asked point blank in the meeting about, or in this press conference, uh, about that very thing. Like, why did why did you do this? Well, it had nothing to do with Texas and Oklahoma leaving for leaving the Big Twelve for the SEC. And that's what a lie sounds like. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it no, did. believe it did. Believe it had everything. It had nothing to do with that, and it's just uh, you know, it, it's it's basically a response to the ever changing landscape of college sports, which the deal was predicated on, or or spurred, I guess I should say, by Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big Twelve to go to the SEC. We all know what this was about. They were asked about the playoff as well. And no one would give a straight answer about the 12-team playoff. Do you want it? Do you not want it? It's a simple yes or no question. Nah, no straight answers there either. So what did we learn from today's Alliance groundbreaking announcement? Not much. Not a whole lot. There were a whole lot of references to the 41 teams in the three conferences. Which makes me believe that, yes, there have been discussions with Notre Dame about this. I want to know what the football conversation has been. It's the one thing that I did not hear in the press conference that I would have loved them to address. What's what's Notre Dame's role in all of this in football? You think they all three came to the same agreement of what we were talking about the other day with, well, I mean, pretty much Notre Dame's schedule is made up of ACC Big Ten Pac-12 or, or yeah Big Ten Pac-12 teams anyway, 
So we're gonna we're all gonna share no today. I mean that's the, that's the net net of it. Notre Dame's gonna vote with them, and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. So now you will keep five teams in a conference out of the playoff because the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 all look at their conferences going, "We're never gonna have that many teams, Mm-mm. never." On the best year, the best any of them could ever have that would qualify to be three. And you know what that tells me? That's what the number is going to be. It's three. Three per conference. Three max teams per you conference. You will not be allowed more than three teams per conference. And you know what? I think it's fair. I'm going to level. I don't really care. You don't care? No. I don't care. I know why we're doing the 12-team playoff or the 8-team or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I know the ACC, and they now think they have the power to keep that from happening. No, you don't. Sorry. No, you don't. Okay. If they have the votes. Ah, it doesn't matter. The, money's t- the money is too egregious. It's too astronomical. Mm-hmm. You're not going to not do it. However, now you're going to limit it to three teams per conference. And for me, fine. That means every year, one of Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU is left out of the playoff. Oh, well, boo-hoo. What am I ever going to do? Oklahoma. Be better than be yeah. better than fourth in your own. I was going to say you could add Oklahoma in there. It's fine, as well. I don't care. This is just like the NCAA, now the now the college football playoffs going to be exactly like the NCAA tournament. Okay, because somebody every year go oh boo hoo they left out Bucknell. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> you want to know how you don't get left out? Don't be the fourth best team in your own conference, right? And the SEC's response to that will always be, well, it's kind of hard when we got six teams in the top eight. Well, I guess you did that to yourself, didn't mm-hmm. you? Yes, you did. That would be like me and you getting mad at pants companies for making numbers on pants so big. Well, that many trips to the Dunkin' Donuts, and I believe we did it to ourselves. You've got to have those high numbers. Of donuts, 100%. Uh-huh. No less than four. At a time? 100%. Oh, okay. If you're one of those people that can eat one donut at a time, uh, you're weird. It depends on what kind. It really does depend on what kind. Like, are you talking about Krispy Kreme donuts? Okay. And four at a time. Those things melt down to nothing once yeah. you put them in your mouth. Yeah, and I'll eat those four at a time at one time. Uh, then if you're thinking about, you know, duck donuts, a gourmet, uh, I can't take four, four of at those. a time. I will, no. Four at a time. No, one at a time is enough. Mm-hmm. Two is, uh, I need an insulin shot. Nope. Four at a time. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you'd take down four of those maple bacon ones, just back to back to back to back to back. That's a lot that, of I mean, sugar. maple bacon. You don't even not... like sugar. No, but when I do, I do. <laughs> I had a, I had a cupcake last night. Woohoo. That was enough sugar for the month of September. That would set you on fire. Oh. I don't know where that thing came from, but it had a, I think it had a full pound of frosting on it. Mm-hmm. I actually forgot there was cake. I forgot that bread was making up the substance of this because it was just a great big ball of fudge and it was delicious. Ooh, that's a lot. It's a whole lot of sugar. It's fantastic. Yeah. I could competitively eat Krispy Kreme donuts. Those big, thick gourmet donuts, however, I, I couldn't hang with you on that one. My stomach's not big enough for that. Internally. 
the actual you organ. You can't lob things at me like that without <laughs> me just driving them over the right field the, fence. The actual organ itself does not stretch that far. I don't believe you. The outer appearance, however, it stretches quite a bit. Correct. <laughs> That's what all those marks are. Uh, had a little girl ask me that at the pool the other day. What are those marks on your belly? I went, donuts, baby. Donuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's about right. Uh, the Alliance in full effect. Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12. We know what this was all about. It's all about having the voting power when it comes to making decisions for the future of college athletics. They figure if we have three major conferences banded together in a voting block, we will not allow the SEC to rule the day. Not rue the day. Rule the day. Other than that, we're just going to have to wait and see how this thing all plans uh, pans out. It's the Sports Deck with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. And last night in the NFL preseason, we had the final game of Week 2, the Jacksonville Jaguars going up against the New Orleans Saints. Jameis Winston balled out, as he does every day, in the open to the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. He's just putting up numbers. He's balling. He was 9 of 10, 120-something yards, two touchdowns. Marquez Callaway caught both of the touchdowns. And he's got the he's got the reins. He has the reins on the number one job for the New Orleans Saints. Whether Sean Payton will admit it or not, <laughs> he just doesn't want to. He, he doesn't want to, you know, unfurl his plan. That is so yet. infuriating to me. It, 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 that drives me nuts. If you can't look at me after that game and go, "Yeah, Jameis Winston's a starter," yeah. Stop, d- don't play dumb. We all know Jameis Winston's a starter. Taysom Hill was bad, mm-hmm. and he is bad. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, I, I can't remember which analyst it was that I heard say this, but it was Jameis and Taysom better than Jameis or Taysom. Right. And I don't want this to be Taysom Hill all by himself. But Jameis Winston, I'm going to level with you. I said this this morning. For fantasy football purposes, Jameis Winston's a quarterback one in this league. I'd agree with that. He is. Go- he looked phenomenal. And I understand it was a preseason game. I don't care. There was one play. I I heard somebody else say that. I think it was Keyshawn Johnson this morning. There was one play. It was third and 17 or something like that. Old Jameis Winston, no risk it, no biscuit. Mm -hmm. New Jameis Winston, check down to the running back, throw it over his head, live to play another day. That's all I needed to see. All I needed to see was that you learned you don't always have to get it back in one play. He had that problem at Florida State. He had that problem with Tampa Bay. If he has fixed that, we never doubted the arm talent. Well, and part of the problem that he had in Tampa Bay was that he had a coach who encouraged him to do that. Yeah, and I still maintain without Tom Brady, he probably wouldn't be in the league. But, you know, Who's I coach? know you love him. I know Bruce you Williams? love old Bruce. He's he's fine. He's fine. It's, he's fine. He's fine. He's turned out some good offenses since he's I, been in the You know what I NFL. like about him? At least he's honest. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's the greatest coach, but at least he's honest. Yeah. Yeah, we played terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. That's not like Sean Payton. Oh, I don't, it could still be Trevor Simeon. Who knows? But but he's a guy that his game plan encouraged that type of play, was to throw it, sling it down the field, and let your receivers go make a play on the ball. Jameis Winston wasn't the greatest at, at doing that. I think that... Sean Payton's going to have a big impact on him. 
I, I do too. Of teaching him how to take care of the ball, teaching him how to make the smart decision. You don't always have to push it 30 yards down the field. Sometimes the smart play is to take five yards and and move the chains. And I will say, you said this several times yesterday, oh, I can't make big sweeping changes from the preseason. Yeah. Yeah, I made one. What's that? I threw dirt on the New Orleans Saints entirely too early. <laughs> I tried to warn you against that. Yeah, and, and then you, know. you agreed with me. Well, I mean, uh, you know. Eventually, you keep saying things over and over and over again, and I go, yeah, this team's not that good. I just wear you down. You do. You wear me down. And They're still not that Don't get me wrong. They're still not that good. I mean, they're they're not a contender by any stretch. Not to win a Super Bowl. They could be a playoff contender. Mm-hmm. I look at that team with Marquez Calloway and, and Thomas in the slot. I hope Adam Troutman's okay after last night. Uh, and Kamara with Jameis Winston. Yeah, that's good enough. Yeah, That defense is still good. At least for Urban Meyer's sake, I hope they are. For because now. if they're not, then uh, a good defense might actually just kidnap Trevor Lawrence and take him out of the stadium. Well, here's the thing. They're good for now. One one major injury to the defensive side of the ball, and it's going to have a major impact because they're, they're not a deep team. They're thin because they had salary mm-hmm. cap issues. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's one thing that scares me about them. As saying, is, Are they a contender or not? This is one thing that should scare you about your team. Because currently you're living the Ebenezer Scrooge. This is the ghost of Christmas future. <laughs> this is what our team's going to yeah, look when, like when, when all your fun, when all your funny money accounting comes to roost. That's what your team's going to look like, and that's fine. Please, nobody get hurt. If somebody gets hurt, we are so doomed. <laughs> and that's absolutely fine with me, because the trade-off is Super Bowl ring. Yeah, you won a Super Bowl ring, and you're going to get knocked out of the first round of the playoffs this year. That's not going to happen. Ah, you know. It <laughs> you might. Can, you can keep trying to throw dirt on Tom Grady's grave all you want to, but... Uh, I don't know who Tom Grady is, but Tom Brady... Did I say got, Grady? You did. <laughs> Tom Brady's 44 years old, so you know what? I'm going to keep throwing derision, and eventually I'll be right. Tom Grady drives a dump truck. He's 58 years old. Yeah, he's 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 a nice guy. Not much of an arm, but... <laughs> no. No, but he is uh he's a hell of a caretaker for the neighborhood, I will say that. Somewhere there's somebody going, I'm Tom Grady. <laughs> They're talking about me right now. If he'll send me a message on Twitter right now, we'll let him into our fantasy football league. Yes. Bingo. We're gonna have some information coming up for you later on in the program about uh how you can compete against us throughout the football season, whether it be in uh you know, best ball fantasy leagues or a fun new little game that we've got uh where you you know, you you make wagers with fake money. Oh wait, are you playing in that one too? Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh, I'm gonna play in that one. Oh, Absolutely. I, I didn't I didn't I didn't think about that. When I did the imaging for that, it has my face on it because I didn't think you were gonna play in I that. mean, that's fine. I mean, you are no doubt better at uh wagering than I am. Oh, that was I'm a, just gonna that, be a part of the crew trying to finish ahead of you. Oh, I feel like that's a slight that I had to explain because I in no way <laughs> thought you were gonna do this. No, I just I just want to see how good I can be. Because this, this is not gonna be very good. I've had one. I have. I've had one good experience with wagering in my life, and that's it. For one March Madness, I was on a hot streak and I could not be beaten. I had one good experience last night. Thank you, New Orleans Saints, and the over. Nice. Also, last night in the game. Uh, the the Jacksonville Jaguars had a full display of just, oof, 
futility, I guess we could say. In two preseason games so far, the starters for the Jacksonville Jaguars have generated exactly three points on the scoreboard. It doesn't look good. And now they've taken another hit today, finding out that their number one uh, running back, supposedly, is going to miss the rest of the season. We'll tell you more about that coming up in just a second. First, let's get just a bit outside. The Sports Tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. All right, I'm a big fan of Tony Hawk. I like Tony Hawk. I love all the Tony Hawk stories that are out there. It seems like once every month or so, I'm reading a story about some random run-in that Tony Hawk has with some person who doesn't know who the heck he is, and then he ends up revealing himself to the person after their interaction and giving them something or just giving them a thrill that, yes, you are actually talking to the real Tony Hawk. Well, if you're interested in owning a piece of the real Tony Hawk, you are now going to have your opportunity because Tony Hawk is hooked up with Liquid Death. Liquid Death is a water company, and their slogan is guaranteed to murder your thirst. Which is ironic because Liquid Death used to be the tagline for Four Loco. Did it really? No, but oh, it should have been. It should have been. <laughs> they missed a great opportunity at that. Right. This is a water company that he has uh, He has apparently signed a deal with uh, in perpetuity. There is, no, there is no time frame on their agreement that their contract is for the rest of Tony Hawk's life, that he will be linked to this liquid death company. Anyway, they are... That's the same deal you and I have with this show, by the way. Sorry, yeah, sorry to disappoint anybody that hates either or both of us. See, we don't we don't really have signatures on a paper, though. It just shows the trust between us. Yeah, <laughs> like the like the alliance. Yeah, we really do have signatures on a piece yeah, of paper, do. though. Yeah, we do. We do have those. Anyhow, so Liquid Death, Tony Hawk, they're putting out uh, some skateboards. And these skateboards are going to be a very limited edition. It's going to be a limited edition edition run of 100 skateboard decks that are created, each one of them, with a vial of Tony Hawk's blood being mixed into the paint for the deck. The decks are obviously a uh, they're, they're a nice red color. They've got a very weird logo on it. I've never understood all of the artistry that goes into Tony Hawk's uh, skating products. But really, what does it have to make sense anyway? Muscle-bound executioner guy with, like, spikes coming up out of his shoulders. He's, his head has been replaced by a liquid death can of water. He's holding a bloody axe. And in the other hand, he is holding the signature Tony Hawk hawk skull. They are going to retail for $500 a deck. Yeah, I'm going to pass. And you get a vial of Tony Hawk's DNA mixed in with the paint for the deck. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to pass. I think I'm good on that. A portion of all the profits will benefit uh, anti-plastic nonprofit Five Guyers, keeping in line with Liquid Death's goal to reduce plastic waste. 
around the world, and the uh, the skateboard project that Tony Hawk has that builds public skate parks. So they're going to split the five hundred dollar uh, retail price amongst all of the organizations. That is one of the weirdest stories you have ever told on this story mm-hmm. on this show. Mm-hmm. I don't do blood at all. Like, if you bleed, get away from me. <laughs> get away from me. I'm not going to help you. You need to find somebody that has medical training. Right. Get away from me. Speaking of weird stories, uh, this story is actually two weeks old, but it started making the rounds today. Mm-hmm. A-, a company called Quality Logo Products Blog put out the the best, worst, and sexiest college mascots. That is the weirdest. Why? I get best, I get weirdest, or I get best, I get worst. I don't get sexiest mascot in America. Well, they're a logo company, right? Yes. Sex sells. You know this. You're in the marketing business. And I understand that, but their choices are dumb. If you're curious about the best and worst, I don't disagree with many of the best. The number one's Willie the Wildcat from Northwestern, Mm -hmm. who is a good mascot. Uh, Pouncer from the University of Memphis is two, and Southpaw and Miss Paula of University of the University of South Alabama are three. The Oregon Duck is seven, and Goldie the Gopher is nine. Which, I mean, I don't. The understand Oregon that. Duck How would did... be my one, and it's not. It's unquestioned, no doubt, forever. <laughs> Why? Because he looks like Donald Duck. No, well, yeah, kind of, and because he has to do push-ups every time they score. Which means the kid in that suit is just yoked. <laughs> He's got to be. Uh, for those of you looking for the worst, there's one that hits kind of close to home. You got Pistol Pete of Oklahoma State is one. Mm-hmm. Purdue Pete of Purdue University is two. And Cayenne of the University of Louisiana Lafayette is three. Yeah. He's a giant chili pepper. He's a giant pepper. That's dumb. I don't like that. I don't even kind of like that. Uh, Wake Forest Demon Deacon is number nine. Mm-hmm. The Harley Riding Baptist Minister. Who didn't see that coming? Uh, for posterity's sake, they also did the most offensive college mascots, and Osceola and Renegade from Florida State are one. The Leprechaun from Notre Dame is four. Yep. Because yep. it's offensive to Irish people. Uh, okay, I can only speak for one Irish person, and that's this Irish person. Yeah. I'm good with it. Yeah. <laughs> as a As a one... 82nd Irish person, I will agree with you. Of the, course all the offensive ones are going to be people, because people shouldn't be mascots. I also do find it funny that they put out the unsexiest college mascots. Yep. And uh, Cocky Bird from the University of South Carolina was number four. Oh, Cocky! This is one of those lists. I'm going to share this on my Twitter, at ESPN. <laughs> There's just a lot of information in this that's kind of funny, right? Well, I, I, but a lot of it makes sense to me. Like the like the unsexy mascots. The number one unsexy mascot is uh, Oski, the bear from Cal Berkeley. Um, yeah, if you know what I'm talking about, you get a picture of him in your mind. I mean, he looks like a teddy bear that your uh, least favorite aunt made you when you were yes. four years old. Yeah, he's he's not good. No, it's awful. The, there was the creepiest mascots list, I believe, as well. And on the creepiest mascots list is the Nittany Lion, who kind of on the same vein. Like, 
The Nittany Lion mascot was adopted by Penn State in like 1907, and they have never changed the costume. It still looks like one of those, you know those pictures that you see every Halloween of like what Halloween looked like in the old days when, you know, 1920s people would, you know, make their own costumes? That's what the Nittany Lion looks like to me. No, the creepiest, no doubt, Tony the Land Shark from Ole Miss. Nah, see, it, I that like is the, It's a shark's head on a person's body. Yeah. They dress somebody up like a football player and put a shark head on it. <laughs> That's weird. I don't like it. It's looking at me. I can't. It's I can't looking at me. <laughs> it makes me. It reminds me of those like shark head koozies that you can buy at the wing stores in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, they, it kind of does look like that. They also it's like cylindrical. Did, did you see the honorable mentions? The honorable mentions of the worst. The voting was just for Division One football schools. Yes, uh, they they had five honorable mentions, and one of them's in the state, and I don't understand it even a little bit. Oh, the North Carolina School of Arts. Yeah, and I'll, I'll get to that one. But there were five that they were honorable mentioned: uh, Wichita State, which has a stalk of wheat. Woo shock. UC Santa Cruz that has a banana slug. Uh huh. I don't know what that is, but it's two words that I don't like, so I don't want to dive into it anymore. It's a yellow slug. It's a yellow slug. Yeah, oh, I don't like bananas, so I'm out. Uh, Delta State has a piece of okra. Yep, the fighting okra. And Dartmouth has a keg, mm-hmm. which means I missed my calling and should have gone to Dartmouth. <laughs> I feel like that is a school that represents me. I don't think you're. I don't think you're. You you were capable of getting into. Dartmouth. There was a time, and then there was not a time. Dartmouth. Oh, I was. I was reasonably I mean, that's like smart. Ivy League. Here's the thing. I was smart, and I cared very little. Yeah, I know at least one of my former teachers listens to the show that can uh, verify that. Mm-hmm. The one from North Carolina was the University of North Carolina School of the Arts, which has the Fighting Pickle, which is a tutu wearing pickle with a paintbrush. Yep. Which is really hard to say, by the way. <laughs> and will also haunt your nightmares, because I did Google that one. Right. And it's bizarre. All of these lists are, uh, it's, it, it's a survey. It's a, it's a poll that they did. They conducted this as a quality logo products blog. I guess it's, they did this study, and it's like 1,300, just under 1,300 participants. Um, I did like the breakdowns, though, that... male, 43.6% female, 1% non-binary. That's that's the breakdown of interesting. Uh, (laughs) They broke it down into geographical regions as well. And they, they asked twice as many people in the South as they did anywhere else because... College football's king in the South. Bingo! Because the South is probably the only place that you could throw out uh, colleges like UC Santa Clara, and we would know. Yeah, it's the banana slugs. Yeah, sure. If you want to know on the sexiest list, the Duke Blue Devil was 10. Yes, which, he was. Which invalidated the entire list to me. No, I, that's actually one of the ones that I understood the most. He's a good-looking dude. The way that they made that suit. He's got chiseled features. It made a lot of sense that that is that is that is by far the most popular, sexiest mascot for women. I do find it strange that six of the top ten sexiest college mascots are animals. Mm-hmm. You do with that what you want to. Yeah, I don't understand that. Not even nary a little bit. 
It's a strange time we live in. It is indeed. We got bad news uh, today from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Clemson fans, Jaguar fans, all hardest hit. Travis Etienne, who left the game last night with a foot injury. They were calling it a midfoot sprain, and then it came out that it was a Liz Frank injury. And just before the show started today, it was announced that he is going to have to have surgery and he is more li- more than likely going to miss the entire 2021 season that he is focusing on 2022 according to Adam Schefter this throws a major wrench into what a lot of people were expecting out of the Jacksonville Jaguars but it really is not going to make that much of a difference uh on their season outcome you know when we were doing our original prognostications for the NFL season post-NFL draft, I think I had the Jacksonville Jaguars at two wins. They might be at one now, Mm, but I, I, I just don't like it. There's nothing about this team that screams to you, we are competitors. You got Trevor Lawrence back there running for his life. He can't get any protection. He's averaging like five yards per pass which is ridiculous, and you look at the film as to why that is, it's not that they're not asking him to do anything. He doesn't have time. No, because in in game two of the preseason, Cam Robinson doesn't play, so you stick a right tackle at left tackle, who just got abused by Marcus Davenport. Mm-hmm. And this is how you're asking your rookie to come along. I mean, to me, it's just comical. For posterity's sake, Travis Etienne has officially been put on IR. He will not qualify okay. to come back. All right. For, for the, the, the COVID-19 IR rules that are carried into this year, you have to be on the roster on Tuesday. So a week from today, you have to be on the active roster to qualify to come back. Uh-huh. So Travis Etienne being put there now means he is officially done. There will be no comeback. I saw the report from Ian Rappaport. That's out the window now. Okay. He will not be back this season. All right. So Travis Etienne done for the year, and we will just... Laugh at everyone who said, you're overvaluing James Robinson. Oh, really? Handcuffs are important in fantasy football. I think we've been saying that since the first time we were ever given a microphone. Well, I mean, especially when you had uh, the one said handcuff. I never thought James Robinson was in the handcuff role. I thought he was the one. I did, too. I always thought he was the one. Because he was a top 10 running back last year in Mm -hmm. the NFL. How could you how could you think that Travis Etienne is going to come in and supplant James Robinson as the number one? It was I don't think it was ever going to happen. It never made a lot of sense to. It still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That's why they were running Travis Etienne out of the slot during training camps. And, and I'll stuff. go ahead and tell you the narrative of oh well, Travis Etienne got hurt because he's been asking Urban Meyer's been asking him to do things that he's not comfortable with. I know that narrative is coming. As much shade as I throw at Urban Meyer, that's a ridiculous narrative. Yes. These injuries are very fluky. To Liz Frank, basically, that's the ligament that holds your foot together for all intents and purposes. Yes. And now we can just sit back and say, told you so. James Robinson, no doubt he's the number one in Jacksonville. And Jeremy and I were discussing how does this how does this affect the running back rankings for twenty twenty one? It puts James Robinson in my top ten. 
In your top ten? In my top ten. Mm, you can't. won't have to take him that high, but he is that good. And now there's not a running back on that roster that can threaten him in any way. Yeah. No, and hey, if you're gonna, you know, if if you're gonna be in some drafts in the next day, <laughs> go snap him up because he's still going to be uh, in the, you know, he's going to be way down in the rankings if you're drafting online. <laughs> so you won't have to worry about too many people taking him really early in the drafts, at least for now, until the rankings start catching up with you. I think he's he's my thirteen. He'd be in the top 13 for me. I got him right ahead of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Joe Mixon, J.K. Dobbins. He's not ahead of Mixon for me, but I'm higher on Mixon than you are. You are. You're way higher on Mixon than I am. I mean, you you said before the show started that you would be taking him above Ezekiel Elliott, above Saquon Barkley. I think that's just ridiculous. I mean, I get that he put out a top 10 performance last year, and there are a lot of questions with Saquon Barkley, but... How much worse can that team be next year, or or this year, than they were last year? The Jacksonville Jaguars? Mm -hmm. Not much. How much much worse can they be? Not much. Okay, well, now you got a quarterback that actually could challenge you deep. I think he'll be better this year than he was last year. True. Especially now that the only running backs on the roster are him, Carlos Hyde, and... Ogan Bawale from uh, Tampa Bay. I can't think of his first. Dare. Dare Ogan Bawale yeah. from Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. That's the three running backs on this roster. Yeah, I would say he's probably going to get a decent amount of work. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. He's definitely going to get a lot of tote. There is no doubt about that. Uh, I just don't know about putting him ahead of guys like Saquon Barkley. Again, the risk is there with Saquon. You know that's going to be a bad team. You know their offensive line is bad. But I still think in a draft you would be mocked severely if you took James Robinson ahead of him. You don't have to. I'm saying I have him rated higher than that. Got you. And I think he ends the season higher than that. You're in the Sports Take with Jeremy Green here on ESPN. Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green live and on the air. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Once again, as always, we are live from the Ingles studio. And uh, Roger Goodell was in upstate New York yesterday. And he says that he's, he's fully backing this whole idea that Buffalo needs to give the Bills a stadium. I think it's, uh, they need one. It's one of the oldest stadiums. Do you have any idea, by the way, Jeremy, how much the Buffalo Bills stadium cost to build? The current one or the what the proposed new one would be? No, what the current one costs to build. Oh, well, it's very old. It is. I've been there. It's very old. It's 22. $22 million. And now they're talking about a $1.4 billion Stadium replacement, mm-hmm. and you better do it. And they're going. I've said that. I've said that they're repeatedly. Uh, and if you don't believe me, watch what's going on with the Oakland Athletics right now. Yeah, you've already lost the Raiders. Mm-hmm. You lost Golden State across the bay, mm-hmm. and you're getting ready to lose the A's. 
And I got news for you. You know where you're going to lose them to? Vegas. Las Vegas. Yep. You're going to lose them to the same place you <laughs> lost your, your football team to. Yes, you will. Uh, Roger Goodell speaking yesterday. He was at Jim Kelly's golf tournament and said that they need to keep the Buffalo, the Bills in Buffalo. And I agree with him. I think everybody's on board with it. It's just the, the early talks have, have tried to drive a wedge between the team and the community and the, and the, and the, uh, decision makers on what's it going to be. The owners of the bills have already said, I, I, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll help pay for it, but we're not going to pay for the whole thing by ourselves. And I think the local delegation there has also said, yeah, we'll, we'll be glad to pay for part of it, but we're not going to pay for the whole thing, which is a no brainer. In my opinion. Oh, also just wanted to bring this up, by the way. If you think that the, the state government is going to back out, uh, on this deal, they're going to have a one very big chief proponent. It's the new governor. Their new governor that took over for Cuomo, Kathy Hockle. She's from Buffalo, born and raised. They are going to get the support in Buffalo to have a new stadium. This will ultimately get done. No doubt. There are certain times that you can see the writing on the wall and there's certain times. I, I would say, and now don't quote me on this because people do dumb things all the time. Mm-hmm. I would say the days of you seeing cities lose NFL teams because of stadium deals is over. Because they see how much money it generates to the city. Like, all right, let's say you're on the hook for the entire thing. Who cares? You'll pay it off in eight years completely. And that's not even, that, that's in, in revenue to the city. I'm not even talking about income that gets put back in because of how many people it employs. Mm-hmm. I would say the days of ever seeing an NFL team move because of that are over. There's one Except in my for... mind. <laughs> Is it the same one I'm thinking of? I was going to say, you just said Oakland. No, no, no. I, that was the last one. The o- Oakland's a, that was a different animal they that had become so contentious it'd been going on for so long mm-hmm. and, and i was talking about nfl teams, oh, NFL teams. yeah okay no, i was thinking is, all sports no you don't raise the kind of money in baseball that you raise in the nfl so right it's not even close right and there's not as many games so it actually costs a lot to, to, it's just a different animal this is going to get done what was the team that you were thinking of jacksonville jaguar mm. that stadium is now 25 years old yeah 26 years old. This will be the 26th year. I don't I don't I don't think there's much of a future for a team in Jacksonville anyway. Well, I, I don't disagree with you, especially when you have the cons running things. <laughs> right. But I think the, by the, the time the AEW running pro wrestling promoters. <laughs> but I think by the time that comes around, there's probably going to be a plan to move them overseas. I think that's always been to me, that's always been a possibility because they're always the ones playing overseas. Don't they have? Don't they have a standing agreement that every year they play in London? Because that's what it feels like. I think that still carries. I know it did for a while. Right. The Jacksonville Jaguars have never. They've they've always been the one team that flirts with other markets. I felt like. I don't know the inner workings of that team. I don't follow them all that closely because, well, it's not really worth it. They, they've gotten really more play time. on this show than any team in the NFL. Well, that's because how much of a joke they are. Over the last three weeks, they've gotten more play than any other team. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's because they're one of the biggest stories in the NFL is how poorly this is all going for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, I guess we could do like other, you know, other shows and we could just focus on Aaron Rodgers all the time. But frankly, I get tired of that discussion. Because what else is there really to talk about? Uh, we have we have real life football uh, and things to wager on. Just four days from now. Four days from now. There's yes. The the first Jeremy goes crazy ballistic college football Friday <laughs> is this Friday. Yes. And at the end of this show, we will give you another opportunity to play in a game with us. That's right. We have a completely free. There is nothing. It's not real gambling. It's imitation. That's right. It's fantasy gambling. Yeah. Yeah, that. I like that term a lot. Build your fantasy bankroll Mm -hmm. is what this is all about. We'll give you the details coming up in the next hour. We'll also talk about the new deal the Carolina Panthers have just struck with with one of their players. Uh, And we'll, we'll see what else we get into coming up next right here on ESPN Asheville. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Can't forget about them out in, uh, out in Haywood County. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green heard everywhere live or on demand on the iHeartRadio app. And the second hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check out our friends at wickedweedbrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink different. Big story of the day was the official quote-unquote announcement of the alignment in college football between the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC. Uh, We didn't get a whole lot of information today. It was basically all the things that we had heard already, that there was going to be some kind of a scheduling agreement. There's nothing binding to uh, this agreement with the three leagues. That That was a big talking point during the press conference. There will be future games scheduled between the three leagues, uh, one thing that has come up is, you know, talking about the Pac-12 cutting down their, uh, their league games from nine to eight to make room for another matchup between Big Ten and ACC teams. There's nothing groundbreaking coming out of this. It's all about providing stability to the world of college sports. Nothing to do with the SEC growing its ranks into the 16-team super conference that now includes Texas and Oklahoma. The Carolina Panthers were in the news today as they have signed a contract extension with one of Jeremy's favorites, old Robbie Anderson. It's getting a two-year contract extension for a reported $29.5 million over that two years. My question is, is he worth that much money? Yes. Yes, he is. He's in the top 20 of wide receivers in the NFL. To you. I would say so, yes. Okay. Just looking at the numbers, so $29.5 million over two years, roughly making $15 million a year. Mm-hmm. That puts him in the pay scale with Cooper Cup, Jarvis Landry, 
Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs. Well, Stephon Diggs is one of the great values, and that's not going to last forever. Of course. He's going to restructure. He will or he will renegotiate. He'll mm-hmm. get more money, of course. I'm just I look at those names and I go, I don't see Robbie Anderson in that group. Maybe Jarvis Landry. I would see him in the same class as Jarvis Landry. But that to me is an overpay. So did the Carolina Panthers do a good thing here? By signing Robbie Anderson for another two years for $30 million. I would say so, yes. He's the best deep threat on that team. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best deep threats in the league. Yes. He's very fast. He had 95 receptions last year. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many receivers in the NFL had more than that? It's six. Juju Smith-Schuster is one of them, and that's a thing you know now. <laughs> he had the quietest 97 reception season in the history of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Well... I shouldn't have said it that way. Because uh, he wasn't quiet. It was just nothing he did on the field is anything that I remember. No. Cause other than TikTok videos. I was going to say, because of the Corvette, Corvette thing. That took over everything. And it, and it soured many football fans on being on the juju train. Yeah, Robbie Anderson was 8th last year in the NFL in catches. He's 13th in yardage. Just a shade under 1,100 yards last year. I just don't know that he's worth top 20 money. He 100% is. Man, to me, he's a markedly better receiver than Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is a hands slot receiver. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And he's he's very good at that. It's just there's not many guys in the NFL that are 6'2", 6'3", however tall Robbie Anderson is. That can run like that. He's got legit four three mid four three speed. That is a guy that opens up your offense for a long, long time. Yeah, and, and this, he has a relationship with your quarterback. I was getting ready to say his 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 previous relationship with Sam Darnold has been reignited with the Carolina Panthers. We are hoping for great things from the Carolina Panthers this year. I don't think there's any doubt that they are a playoff threat. There are a lot of people around the league that disagree. There are a lot of prognosticators out there who think that they are still one of the worst teams in the NFL, and I can't, for the life of me, figure out where they're coming from. It's small market. that's, That's where you beat a lot of prognosticators because it is a small market team that doesn't get the love outside of this market. I just how do you look at that team and and look at all of the weapons that they have and go, "Nah, that's not going to be good." Because you look at Sam Darnold and as he's a what he toy. was in New York. Right. I mean, as somebody that I've said this on this show, I've literally seen every pass the man's ever thrown in the NFL. Mhm. There's some to like, there's a lot to not like. And if you're not one of those people like me that looks at it and goes, "That was an Adam Gase problem," then yeah, I get it. But in terms of Robbie Anderson, absolutely. Salary-wise, if you're looking at that's what the market bears out. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to be re- be really honest with yourself, he's making a couple million more a year than Curtis Samuel. Yeah, he's a better, he's a more impactful player than Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, he was in the top. I think he was in. He was either in the top ten or right outside the top ten last year. In deep threats mm-hmm. in the NFL, as far as targeted the most times deep down the field. 
I've said for a long time, Robbie Anderson's one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. I saw it for a long time, and I was none too pleased when we let him walk out the door. (laughs) Yeah, but you also had your moments with Robbie. He's like any other. I mean, name me a deep threat receiver that doesn't have off games. Mm -hmm. I mean, even Tyreek Hill's not 170 and two touchdowns every week. If he was, he'd be. When that's how you play, there's going to be some boom or bust to that. Right. I was going to say, if he were doing that every week, he'd be making $40 million a year. Uh, Tyreek Hill's going to do just fine. (laughs) How big do you think that contract gets? Well, he's already signed one. I think he's six right now. He makes $18 million a year. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Fine. I don't care. That's still a whole lot of money. I'm not saying he's you not worth the cheapest it. Human. I am I, cheap. I'm cheap as hell. This is the reason they will never let you run an NFL team. Because you no. are the cheapest human on planet Earth. No, because I will look at Robbie Anderson and go, you're not worth $15 million. Uh, I can get Traquan Smith for two. Let's do that. Bring me Traquan. Uh, and ten times better than Traquan Smith. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm a penny pincher. I'm not. I'm. I'm not the guy that's going to run a front office and hand out major contracts. Like the report came out yesterday that T.J. Watt, he's close to signing a contract extension that is going to make him the highest paid defender in the NFL. We don't know any details other than that, but he is going to be making more on a per year scale than anybody else, which means he's going to get twenty seven and a half to. $28 million a year from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he's worth every penny of it. By the way, fun question on Robbie Anderson. Yeah. Tyreek Hill had 300-yard games last year. Okay. How many did Robbie Anderson have? Six. It's three. <laughs> it's the exact same number. I thought this was going to be a trap. He was right there two more times. He had 94 yards, 99 yards in another game. Mm-hmm. That's what deep threat receivers do. I've heard a lot of negative about this deal, and I can't, for the life of me, figure it out. Well, it's because he's not a name. He's not a known quality because of his relationship with the New York Jets. Everything with the New York Jets is bad. And sure, he came to Carolina last year, and he had a 1,000-yard season. But, I mean, it's still the Carolina Panthers. They're doing the same thing that, you know, the prognosticators who say that they're going to be the 31st worst team in the NFL this year. And those people are out of their minds. Mm-hmm. I put no credit. That's one of those things that I, when I look at power rankings, I look at your top eight and your bottom five. If there's a team in either one that I just go, that's dumb. I don't even read the rest of it. Like if I see Carolina in the bottom five, you're, that's dumb. You're either doing this to make me angry, which is working, Mm -hmm. uh, or you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I feel like I've been a Panther detractor for a long period of time because I didn't like how that franchise was run for a long time, specifically the Dave Gettleman years. Now, there's not a whole lot to not like. You've drafted really well, and you got Robbie Anderson on a deal. Did you have to overpay him? Maybe a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Not by much. No, I wouldn't say it's a vast overpay. 
But I think maybe there's a little I mean, bit, especially a, in the guaranteed money. He's getting twenty million dollars guaranteed. That's a lot. It's also a short term deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're only on the hook for this for two years. There's some concession in that. Now, Robbie likes short term deals. Why that is, I don't really know. Well, it gives him flexibility. It gives him. But yeah. I think this works out well for Carolina. I think it works out well for for Robbie. Right. I mean, you got to understand, you're in a league where Kenny Galladay and Odell Beckham Jr. make $18 million. So, yeah, it's kind of hard for me to jump up in arms about 15 for Robbie Anderson. <laughs> Are you saying, Robbie Anderson, you'd rather have him than those other two? I'd rather have him than either of the two guys I just said. Okay. Because here's the thing. Has Robbie missed a game or two? Yeah, it's not many. Not as much as Kenny Galladay did last year? Mm, and, and it's... I understand it was one injury, but I mean, Kenny Galladay has been routinely hurt over the years. Mm-hmm. You get a guy that likes being where you are. And you know what? I've said this about, I've said this by the Hornets. I'll say it about the Panthers. By the way, Robbie Anderson's missed two games in five years. Mm-hmm. When you have a guy like this, and this is where he wants to play, there's a little credence to that because this is not necessarily the free agent destination city. It's just not. That's not a slight at Carolina. Free agents, when they see dollar signs in free agency, where do they go? And it's almost invariably bad teams. I pull for one of them. Yeah. The Jets, the Giants, the Jaguars, that's where you see big, dumb contracts come from. The Panthers don't do that. I've always revered that, that you don't see them give out those ridiculous free agent deals just to get a guy to come to town. Mm -hmm. Made a swift move on Robbie last year, re-up him this year. (laughs) Right. I, I give all the credit in the world to the Panthers front office. I think they did a great job. Yeah, this deal kicks in next year. He's already under contract for this year, and now he will be with us uh, or with the Carolina Panthers through the 2023 season. Lots of cuts are being made around the NFL. Uh, I've already lost one of my dynasty stashes. The Atlanta Falcons have cut Javian Hawkins. <laughs> Darn. I thought for sure that might be a pick for the future. And apparently not. You don't seem surprised by that at all. Uh, I mean, considering I said that a week ago, not that it had happened, but that it was going that to. it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. They have another kid named Caleb Huntley that is. There's, there's some intrigue there. I could see him making the roster. Caleb Huntley mm-hmm. is he a running back? Mm-hmm. No, I'm just. I mentioned a random kicker, and that just for just because I, I thought, thought it'd that be was fun. a guy with the Atlanta Falcons that you really liked. I don't know who. I've never heard of Caleb Huntley. Yeah, he played the preseason game. There's there's a little bit to there's a little bit to like there. The the running back to like in Atlanta is Mike Davis, and that's unequivocal. He's going to see a workload this year that is probably unlike anything you have seen in Atlanta in a long time <laughs> since the days of Ironhead Hayward. I mean, we, you could be talking Warwick Dunn level workload for Mike Davis. Wow, just because there's not another running back on yeah. the team. Steven Jackson, they've had some it good could, ones. It could be that high, right? I mean, you you could be looking at Mike Davis as a 300 touch guy. And my question is going to be: Can he can he handle it? Mike Davis, have you yeah. seen him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he can handle it. And there's a lot of tread left on those tires. I love him this year. That's a guy. That's another one. Him and James Robinson. You tend to see their name a lot on teams that I have drafted. Uh, one of my prognostications. I don't think it's going to come come to fruition. Do you remember who I told you that uh, the Seattle Seahawks should consider adding to their defense? 
Geno Atkins. He's visiting them today. Yeah, he left without the deal, though. It's because he's still hurt. They would never put him on the roster for week one because it guarantees his deal. Mm-hmm. That's a guy that could get signed week two. That's one of those underrated NFL things that nobody ever talks about. Yeah, you don't want a guy on a, on a roster week one that you don't feel good about being on the roster week 17. Right. Especially if it's a vet guy. Uh, especially, especially if it's a vested vet guy like Geno Atkins. Right. Uh, Ian Rappaport reporting that they could revisit the deal next week after the final cuts are made. Uh, but he did leave Seattle today without a deal in place. I have been surprised that nobody has entertained that more. That's probably coming from him more than it is from teams. What? He's going to pick a spot, probably waiting for somebody to get hurt Mm -hmm. or a spot to open up where he could play a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think he would play a decent amount in Seattle. And he would be there with Dunlop, who he knows quite nicely from his time in Cincinnati. Yeah, there you go. He's got a teammate already on the team. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, this is Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. It's ESPN Asheville. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green, and uh, the big news out of the NFL today about Travis Etienne. Not, uh, he's, he's got a list Frank injury. He's going to have to have surgery on it. He's already been put on IR. He is not going to be back this season. He is focusing all of his efforts on getting right for the 2022 season. And um that's when I saw that's when I, I just saw this stat about James Robinson last year as a rookie, 15 games in in his career. He had the most ever yards last year by an undrafted rookie. Mm-hmm. 1414 yards from scrimmage. 1,070 rushing yards was the second most by ever by an undrafted rookie. And in your fantasy leagues, he scored 10-plus points in every game he was in. This guy has uh, he, he's got, he's got first-round potential now in fantasy drafts. I'm not quite that high, but I'm pretty close. I don't know. You said you'd draft him over Saquon and, uh, and Ezekiel. Yeah, who I... I wouldn't take in the first round either. <laughs> you would take either of those guys in the first round. The beauty of James Robinson is he has that level of value, and you don't have to take him in the first round. This is very true, but he's definitely not going to be a ninth round pick anymore. No, I don't think I'm going to get him at a hundred and something like I did the other day. <laughs> right, the days of drafting him that low are now gone with Travis Etienne out of the picture for the Jacksonville Jaguars. By the way, this is why you have fantasy drafts later. Hmm. This is why you don't... I've had people ask me to be in leagues for the last six weeks. Yep. Like, if you were having drafts six weeks ago, you're you're doing it wrong. That's a bad idea. Because two or three of your teams are going to be dead in the water before the season's even started. Right. We did the uh, Scott Fish Bowl, uh, or I did the Scott Fish Bowl this year, and I saw somebody put out earlier today that there were two teams in the Scott Fish Bowl contest that drafted... Cam Akers, Michael Thomas, and J- and uh, Travis Etienne. Those best ball teams, completely dead now. Dead. <laughs> Just DOA dead on arrival. Which arrival is coming very, very soon. Speaking of which, if you want to play in our best ball leagues, which we didn't draft two months ago, so your team wouldn't be dead like that. 
You just find us on Facebook at the Sportsocracy. We have little buttons that sign you up for everything. It sends me your information, and I will slowly start putting you out over the next two weeks ahead of the NFL season. All for Eblin Charities, all for the St. Nicholas Project. Mm-hmm. This Christmas, the Sportsocracy wants to give a very sizable gift to Eblin Char- Charities, <laughs> and we want to give you some cool stuff for winning best ball leagues. Yes, uh, we have week two of the preseason in the books, and quarterback competitions are being settled. Today, we had the Bears make the announcement that Andy Dalton is going to be their week one starter. You said his name wrong. The Red Rifle nope. will be the week one starter. As long as he's the got ginger that, pea shooter. As long as he's got that beard, he will he will and forever will be <laughs> Andrew. Andrew Dalton. <laughs> Andrew Dalton slinging footballs on Sundays, Monday through Friday. He's doing your taxes. Bingo. <laughs> Matt Nagy says you get to start Andy Dalton week one. He's not going to play in the dress rehearsal game. This is not the dress rehearsal game. For not for them. There, there, are Many, certain, there are certain teams that it is, right. certain teams that it's not. Right. Many teams are using this week as the dress rehearsal, and the Bears are not. Andy Dalton will not play at all in the third preseason game, and Justin Fields is going to play the entire first half, he says. Uh, we want to see Justin Fields out there with the ones against ones competition. He said he would play with some of the starters. Mm-hmm. When asked to clarify that, he said, no. Uh-uh. no. <laughs> He's not going to give you any details. On I just that don't one. understand why everything we do in the NFL has to be all cloak and dagger. Like, why, why does it all have to be, oh, and we can't tell you, that's a competitive advantage. You know who doesn't do that? Andy Reid. Yeah. Uh, Bill Belichick, in large part. I was going to say, I don't think I'll disagree with you on Bill Belichick. It's solely He's about been the all quarterback. cloak and dagger. It's solely about the quarterback. And he does stupid get. And I'll be honest with you, I've always thought Bill does the injury thing just to mess with people because it's so re- absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. There was a stat that was thrown out last year that just blew my mind. That of all of the weeks that Tom Brady played for the New England Patriots, he had been on the injury list like all but two of them. Exactly. That tells me th- this is not a. Th- this is not you being all mysterious. This is you making fun of people. Like this is the, this is dumb, and it is dumb. The injury report, all of it's dumb. I disagree. The, the, now the NFL does it better than the NFL does it better than any other league. But the, the thing about what you just said with Tom Brady, he was on the injury report every week. Mm-hmm. Kind of flies in the face of doing an official injury report, doesn't and it? then and he then, was hurt every week for twenty years. But then you use that in contrast to last year. Where he should have been on the injury report every week. Well, you know, sometimes you have to not play by the rules. <laughs> sometimes you just you just got to cheat to win. And you know what? Dirtiest player in the game, Rick Flair. He made it work for many, many years. And I'm okay with it. Article came out on ESPN today. Uh, Lamar Jackson saying that he doesn't think that the NFL has figured him out. This was something that you were trying to pound into the table last year was the league has figured out Lamar Jackson. Do you agree with him? Do you think that the league has figured him out or not? Depends on what you're asking me. Figured him out, figured out a way to keep him from being MVP level 
to keep him from going, you know, from, uh, as we were saying in the sportsocracy this morning, being a candidate to to be the first NFL quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards and rush for 1,000. He's not a candidate for that. Now, if he becomes a candidate for that, then all of a sudden we'll talk. He's nowhere near that. Okay. Do you know the most yards he's thrown for in a season in his entire career? 35? You're too high. Really? It's 31. And that was the year he threw 36 touchdowns. He doesn't throw. That's always been my qualm with him Mm -hmm. is that you get behind and it really harms him. I mean, yeah, he's 30 and 7 as a starter Mm -hmm. because he's very difficult to stop. I get it. The problem is that if you play an offense that can run with you, he has to keep up with them, and he's not cut out for that. But that's also why you just drafted Rashad Bateman, mm-hmm. why you drafted Hollywood Brown two years ago, mm-hmm. and why you signed Sammy Watkins. It's because John Harbaugh figured this out, too. This running thing is cute. It's it's adorable that you've been the you're the first quarterback to ever run for 1,000 yards two times, or whatever the power of that stat goes. Right. Woo. Uh, how, how many Super Bowls have you been to? How many AFC championship games have you been to? Oh, okay. <laughs> throwing league. Just remember, yeah. it's a throwing league. So you think the reason why they haven't won those games is because The reason he they haven't won those games is because he cannot keep up with a team that Baltimore cannot stop. Think about Buffalo in the playoff game. What'd yeah. they do? Score, keep you from scoring. Mm-hmm. Turns into a throwing game. All of a sudden, that's a problem. Yeah, because you didn't you didn't have the horses before that this had year. Nothing to do with it. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm I, I and I really like Lamar Jackson for fantasy purposes. I like Baltimore. Yeah. I think now that you don't have the excuse of, well, their number two receiver was Willie Sneed, or the three was Des Bryant. No, now it's Sammy Watkins. And Rashad Bateman, who's a rookie we really liked. I think you're going to see some of the deficiencies in how he throws the ball. Hadn't held him back. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's a Super Bowl winning formula. But that's what John Harbaugh's trying to audible. John Harbaugh knows that you cannot throw for 2,700 yards as a starter in the NFL, rush for a thousand and think that's a recipe to win a Super Bowl. It's not. We're on fifty five Super Bowls. We've had fifty five of them. Nobody's ever won one that way. No. There's reason for that. And it's more a passing league now than it's ever been. And Baltimore runs the ball more than anybody. Mm-hmm. And they will continue to. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to be as drastically different as it has been. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. It's going to be a you know no surprise to anybody if you listen to this program for any period of time. You know, Jeremy and I were two big fat lummoxes, and we absolutely love food. There was a study done by the University of Michigan School of Public Health, Department of Environmental Health Sciences, and they did studies on food and then put how many minutes plus or minus that food equals to your life. The food studied ranged from 74 minutes of your life lost to 80 minutes of your life gained per serving. Things like sugary drinks and hamburgers and breakfast sandwiches all linked to the most minutes of your life lost per serving, obviously things like fruits and vegetables 
and uh, cooked grains. And of course, nuts, which I can't eat. Yeah, they, they do quite a bit for you as well. Wait, are you a, are, are you an allergic to nuts? No, I have stomach. Oh, issues. you've got stomach issues. Yeah, I can't. Okay. I can't do nuts, and I, which is sad because I love cashew. <laughs> uh, but I pulled these notes specifically for us football fans because as we come up on the season. We know we're all going to be laying out the spreads and everything. And what's the number one thing to eat during football season? Beer. No, eat. Beer. Uh, <laughs> you're just, Jeremy loves to eat his beers. Eats 12 to 24 of them every Sunday. Sometimes you have to. It's the only way you can get them down? Is that what you're saying? Hey, you know, sometimes it's <laughs> I like beer. Uh, researchers found that consuming one eighty-five gram serving of chicken wings, which is one wing, by the way, um, it translates to three point three minutes lost on your life. So the question is, how many minutes has Jeremy Green lost? In his life, because he loves chicken wings so much. I just did the math, and we both should have been dead 27 years ago. Exactly. <laughs> Somehow, I actually should have been dead 37 years ago, and I'm only 33 <laughs> years old. Or 34. 3.3 minutes of life lost every time you eat a chicken wing. Now, here's where it really starts to add up, for me anyway, because one beef hot dog will cost you 36 minutes of your life. Which, to me, I'm in negative territory. 100%. At least. We're both living on borrowed time. If this study was accurate, <laughs> we were either supposed to live for 240 years or we should already be dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, largely, the, uh, the, the loss of life because of beef hot dogs tied to the detrimental effects that processed meat has on your body. One of the most interesting parts of this is that the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. What would you what would you figure about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Fatty, good for you, bad for you? What I mean, I'd you? have to say it's bad for you. I, I would think so too. Eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich can actually be associated with an increase of thirty three minutes on your life. So all you have to do is eat a peanut butter and jelly hot dog, and it evens out. I don't think that's how that works. Um, I'm counting it. Secret time? I've never had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my entire life. <laughs> which is insane to me. I haven't. And which is dumb because I like peanut butter and I like jelly. Right. But the thought of them together completely repulses me. Yeah. I would get, legitimately, I could have one peanut butter sandwich, one jelly sandwich, and alternate bites of the two all the way in. I'm out on them together. That's just, the thought of that. Just rub, it they makes even my sell it crawl. in one jar, which is gross. My son likes that goober stuff. Yeah, but it looks gross. And then you, I, I, uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, my I, job for the day is done. I got uh, him to gag on the air. No, yeah, I've always thought somebody would. This is how my brain works. I see that at the grocery store. It has obviously never been bought in my house, not one time ever. Right. But I've always just thought, what happens when somebody just comes in and swirls that together? And now you just have this gross concoction of goop that's in that jar. It's delicious. Uh, no. Uh, no. 
No. <laughs> he can't shake the idea out of his head. It's, it's just one of those things. Some people do it with snakes. Some people do it with spiders. Peanut butter and jelly does it to me. It yeah. literally gives me goosebumps to think about. Wow. Ooh. One sitting of a dozen chicken wings and a hot dog. Just hour gone of your life. Your, your life will be one hour shorter, according to this study. That's an hour of your life? Yeah. Oh, I'm fine. I've already made it further than they projected, so. <laughs> I'm trying to do the math on this. I should probably start doing something really relevant with my life immediately. Does that mean exercise? Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, God, no. No, that means you need to start eating celery with your bad stuff. I do eat celery all the time. As a matter of fact, one of the biggest irritations of my day is that I realized I don't have any celery and I want chicken salads, but I can't stand it. Mm. I don't have any celery. I mean, you can make chicken salad without celery in it. <laughs> you can also watch a football game without beer, but why? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> this, nice. this, I mean, I guess he's got a point. I mean, you can also leave the house in the morning and forget to put your clothes on, but I feel like well, that's see, going to put- change the dynamic of your day quite aggressively. Grapes. Put some grapes in it. That'll that'll supplant the celery. If I wanted to throw it away, I'd just throw it away. <laughs> but if you put grapes in chicken salad, that's where it belongs. In the garbage. In the garbage. Like grapes, like chicken salad. Thought of them together repulses me. Speaking of things that, well, this doesn't repulse me, but Kristen Levine is a resident of Bristol, Connecticut, where ESPN is actually housed. And yesterday, she ordered an Amazon package. And she was at work. She got the little ring bell notification on her phone that the the postman had delivered it on her front door. And five minutes later, she got another notification that someone else had been on her porch. So she checked her ring doorbell, only to find a black bear carrying her Amazon package down her driveway. That wouldn't be weird if it was food. But it wasn't. It was rolls of, of paper towels. Why in the world would a bear carry off a thing? And maybe this is me. I don't know if you figure this out about me. I'm not exactly Steve Irwin. Okay, I don't talk to animals. Yeah, I don't really understand animals from time to time. Why would a bear just carry off a random Amazon package? I've watched this video like 14 times. Maybe the person who carried it had just had lunch, and they got some of the chicken grease from their wings on the package. It smelled like food. Ever told you my bear story with chicken wings? No. That's the whole reason I brought this up, because you told me you were going to do the chicken wing story. Oh, wonderful. My wife drives a convertible. Uh-huh. Well, here's the thing. I'm not the smartest person on earth. <laughs> Duh. I didn't realize there were four sets of windows, because there's only two seats. hmm So when you put the top down, you have to wait on all four windows to go back up before the car is really secured. Yeah. Well, you know, there was a time where we lived in the woods. And I might have had some chicken wings in the back seat of the car that I, you know I, I didn't I didn't <laughs> oh, want I it that I didn't want it that very moment, so I forgot about them. That bear got in her car. I still have to see the claw marks on her on her leather from time to time. It, like it didn't destroy her car, which it very well could have. Right, just a bunch of puncture wounds. No, they they never got really deep, but there's a little scratch. It looks like somebody aggressively scratched her leather. Mm-hmm. It's just enough to really irritate me. 
and enough for me to go, man, that could have been so much worse. Because if that bear had eaten her car, I would have been living in said car. And she'd have knocked out all the windows and put chicken wings in it. Just waiting on the bear to come back. Yeah. Tied you up and smothered you in honey and waited for the bear to do its damage. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. If you asked me, if I had to guess, does she love me or that car more? I don't know that I want to know the answer. I think it's me. I feel very sure it's me. Sure. But, I mean, I, I don't want to, like, bet on it. I, <laughs> you wouldn't bet your house on it. No, uh-uh. <laughs> no, I think I'd pass on that. Yeah, you never never mm-hmm. want to do that. Yeah, never ask a question that you're not prepared to know the answer to. Yeah. So the bear carried off a box of paper towels. Mm-hmm. Uh, to which she then put on social media, if anybody sees an Amazon package with my name on it, you can let me know. That would be wonderful. And then she met one of her neighbors for the first time when they brought her package back in a whole lot of pieces. Yeah. Because you know what? Two things don't go well together. Bear and roll of paper towels. Because it was a roll of wet bear drool <laughs> paper. <laughs> That's one of those where I've been like, bears love rolled up paper. Have you not seen the Charmin commercials? Ugh. Nothing. I got nothing. I don't know what you're talking about, so I just, I've made it always hoping you would just go. The Charmin toilet paper commercials with the bears? I have no idea what you're talking about. The cartoon bears? Do I look like a person that watches commercials? Really? You watch a lot of football. I just don't understand how you do it without watching the commercials. Two words. Red zone. (laughs) Ta-da! Seven hours of commercial-free football. One word, preseason. There's no red zone for preseason. you got to see all the commercials. Yeah, but see, that's see, that's the reason that radio works so well, because I'm in my car. I can't do anything there. At, at home, there are a lot of things that can occupy me. I have a patio. I have a bathroom. I have a refrigerator, which all three of those are things that I like to visit on a pseudo-regular basis. <laughs> Yeah, television. I haven't literally. I couldn't tell you a television ad campaign other than that gecko lizard in probably the last fifteen years, and that annoying girl from uh, uh, Progressive Insurance. That's the one. Flow. Yeah, it's the one. Yeah. 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 All you had to do was say "annoying girl" on television. Yeah. Uh, Flow from Progressive Insurance. That's actually the reason that I don't ever watch commercials on television because I'm afraid one of them is going to be hers and it's going to ruin my entire life. <laughs> Great insurance, horrible yeah. ad campaign. Oh, wait till you see her do stand-up comedy. I'm good. Just Google that. No, I'm, I'm good. It'll <laughs> be 15 minutes of your life that you'll never get back. The bad thing is I have the insurance, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know for what. I just get a bill from them that I don't pay. Right. Well, we were talking about uh, Lamar Jackson, talking about whether or not the league has figured him out. Um, real quick, on-the-fly list here, who are the guys on the list of the toughest to defend in the NFL? Josh Allen. Really? He's, he's number like, one for he's you? He's built like a... Uh, no, Pat Mahomes is number one. I was going to say, Patrick Mahomes has to be number one. Pat Mahomes is one. I'd say Josh Allen's two. He's built like a fullback, and he's got a howitzer. Yeah, I would say he's two. Lamar Jackson would be... He's behind Russell Wilson for me. He's behind Aaron Rodgers for me. Kyler Murray? No, Kyler Murray's behind him. Okay. That's probably where he falls in. Lamar Jackson's probably five. 
Dak he doesn't Prescott. have an arm. The le- Dak's up there, but even with Dak, you know, he had a six-game stretch with Mike McCarthy before he got hurt, where he threw it for a billion of yards. Mm-hmm. I still feel like they just turned around, and gave the ball right back, and just, 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 we did that in a vicious cycle <laughs> in every Cowboys game. Right? It wasn't necessarily how hard he was to defend. Plus, the weapons are tremendous. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson's up there, and the best receiver he's ever had in his life is Mark Andrews, who I like, don't get me wrong, but right. it's not quite the same as CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. Yeah, I would say he's five. Okay. I would say he's five and Kyler Murray six. Okay. And I would have Russell Wilson at, mm, I want to say three, but I'm going to put him at four behind Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. What about pass catchers? Who would be on that list for you for pass catchers? Tyreek Hill. I was going to say Darren Waller. I think Darren, Darren Waller, Waller is be... the biggest matchup nightmare in the NFL. Yeah. I and think... there's another one coming, and his name is Jacob Harris, and he plays for the Rams. <laughs> You'll see him in about two years. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is going to play wide receiver. Kyle Pitts is going to be a matchup nightmare no matter where he plays. He's not going to be exclusively a wide receiver. No. He ain't going to block very often either. No. When you have hands like that on your team, you don't need somebody to block. I mean, you do need people to block, but you don't need that guy to block. Mm-mm. I need him to do other things. Yeah, be a 6'6", 260-pound human that run a 4-4. I'd say Christian McCaffrey's high on that list. He's very high on that list. I would agree with you. He does a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey might be the hardest player to game plan against. Solely because no matter what you take away from him, he can just do the other thing. All right, we're going to stack the box on you. Okay, cool. watch this. Oh, yeah, watch this. We'll run swing routes, and you get to try to tackle him one-on-one in space. <laughs> he can catch Good a, luck. He can catch 100 balls in a year. Oh, and by the way, he can pound you with 200 rushes. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be very, very high on that he's list. He's so good, and yet he's still a running back that I look at and go, that contract is going to age poorly. Kamara? Kamara's got to be on that list. He's a he's a headache and a half as well. And Derrick Henry, that's the one. You, and now, Derrick Henry can only do one thing, but he does that one thing really, really well. Really well. He is going to run straight at you and dare you to try to tackle him. This morning in the Sportsocracy, I said that was the uh, first-round running back that was going to let you down. I just wanted that on this show since we can't mark tape on, on YouTube videos. Right. We can mark tape here. I can guarantee you... Um, that is that is probably the one thing you've said about fantasy football this year that I disagree with you the most about. Okay. Derrick Henry is a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. And I know you. he's hitting that magical mark. Jeremy's magical mark of 1,400 touches of when a running back starts to lose their mojo. That's when they start to decline. Mm-hmm. And Derrick Henry is right on the precipice of that. Mm-hmm. There's also stats out there that tell you there ain't a running back in the NFL that doesn't see a massive drop-off after the age of 27. Derrick Henry turns 27. Or he may have already He's turned, already 27. turned 27. He's yeah. 27 right now. This is his age 27 season. Mm-hmm. I just don't... That Tennessee, to me, is going to be one of those teams that they are, they are one of the hardest offenses to stop or going to be one of the hardest offenses to stop in this league. I agree. Just the way they can hit you over the top, and Derrick Henry's just going to shove it down your throat every game. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. All right, it's the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville, and you have a chance to do some good for the community. 
can't have a whole lot of fun with us playing fantasy football. We're calling it competition for a cause. All, uh, uh, I, don't, I almost said all, but uh, the vast majority of proceeds. Proceeds. From, yeah. It's proceeds. Yeah, the pro- There's a little bit that costs to run this. <laughs> right. Everything else goes to charity. Right. Um, the proceeds from which are going to go to Eblen Charities and the St. Nicholas Project. It's an organization that we've been involved with for many years here at iHeartMedia Asheville, and we are thrilled that they have teamed up with us here in the uh, sportsocracy in the sports tank with Jeremy Green uh, to be our target charity for competition for a cause. This is all uh, this is all best ball fantasy football leagues. We have three tiers that you can get involved in. We've got a twenty dollar, a fifty dollar, and a hundred dollar uh, buy-ins for these uh, for these best ball leagues. Tell them exactly how it's going to work. So there, the the levels are starter, pro bowler, and hall of famer. Uh, and depending on what level you get into, that is what the prize to the winner gets. Uh, we, we have, uh, Wicked Weed swag bags. We have Sportsocracy swag bags. And then in the highest tier, if you win those, we have a lovely little business partner that has direct access to sweet NFL helmets of your favorite team. Yes. I cannot tell you who will be signing them. It's not going to be the third string kicker from the preseason. I can tell you that much. Right. Might not be Pat Mahomes either. But it's going to be someone on that high side. If you get into those leagues and you win those, that is the prize for those. Uh, those have, there's a lot that goes into that. That's a huge deal. And we're very excited about this. All of the proceeds go to Eblin Charities. You can go to our Facebook page right now, uh, at the Sportsocracy on Facebook. I will share it on Twitter. It's all over the places. Uh, it has gone live. All you have to do, there are buttons for what tier you want to be in. If you want to be in the $20 tier, $50 tier, $100 tier, click on that. It goes through PayPal. That comes to us. That gives us the email address of whatever service that you want to use. There are a couple services we can use for this. We're not beholden to any of them. Mm-hmm. ESPN doesn't do best ball. So we've, we've got Sleeper. We've got a couple others that do this. Uh, and we're going to try to fill as many of these leagues as we can. We yes. want to make as much money for the St. Nicholas Project as we can. Mm-hmm. We are taking zero U.S. dollars for this. Uh, we have, we're working on bringing an intern to run all of these. Uh, and we'll do all this. We'll get the money where it's supposed to go and, and do some good in the community for charity. Uh, on top of that, if you like to wager on things, well, you can't legally do that right here. You can do it. Here's Cherokee Casino. Yes. But we're running a game through one of our other new partners, Play Action Pools. You start with 10,000 fantasy dollars and you get to wager on college football games over unders, things like that over the course of the season. The objective is to beat me. That is also on our Facebook page and on my Twitter right now at Jay Green ESPN for my Twitter at the sportsocracy for the show Twitter and all of the other things. Uh, and you'll find those things there. They are giving 10% of all money raised there. It is free to get in, but there's buybacks and things like that. It's all explained in the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're giving 10% of all that to our charity as well. That was offered by them, not asked of them. So, again, where do we go to have everybody sign up? Facebook. Just go directly, Just go to, directly Facebook. to Facebook. It is easier that way. All of the buttons run directly through Facebook. They will not run through any other server. So, I we went Facebook. That's that's the easiest way. Excellent. As soon as you do that, it sends the information that we need. We'll get an email out to you, and we will start trying to assemble you. If there are days you cannot draft, please let us know. 
that will make it easier to put people together. The drafts will be at night, uh, and we will get as many of these done as we can. Mm-hmm. And b- the best ball format is that you do not touch the roster. You draft it, then you set it and forget it. It will give you your best roster. And hopefully we can raise a whole bunch of money for charity and have some fun doing it. Absolutely. Again, uh, we are glad to be partnered up with Eblin Charities uh, and the St. Nicholas Project proceeds from the competition to a, for a cause uh, going for that. Also, you know, we would be remiss if we did not did not mention our other uh, sponsors of the competition for a cause. Ingles Markets, Wicked Weed Brewing, EXP Realty, Clarissa Marshall. You can find her at ClarissaSellsWNC.com. Uh, we're we're all just trying to do the best that we can and give uh, you know give the kids in our area the best Christmas possible. I mean, let's face it. There's very few people that care about seeing us in person. Uh, I mean, because you could do that at a lot of places, predominantly places that serve beer. But beating us in fantasy football is something you can hold over us forever. We're very excited about doing this. Uh, the next three days, we will be filling the Sports Tank Radio League. So many things going on with football. <laughs> we can't wait, and we will be back with you tomorrow right here at 3 on ESPN Asheville. Have a great evening, everybody.